Oh, why hello there, and welcome back to another episode of What's With You, Scooby Doo. Randy Williams joins me to talk about an insanely classic episode of Scooby-Doo. Almost surprising that it hasn't come up before. We still have some golden opportunities out there to mine for all that Scooby goodness. I'm not really married to that term at all. That's not a good one. Scooby goodness? Yeah. Anyways. Oh, I am so sorry for the lack of content recently. Uh, we are back, though. Episodes will be coming out regularly. As far as supplementary con content, uh, the show notes and the gifts and stuff like that, a uh, little bit lacking currently. I am going through a life change right now. So, I mean, don't worry about it. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not dying or anything, but, you know... There's a lot happening right now, and I don't have a lot of free time. Uh, in addition, the Scubio is maybe a million and a half degrees? It's intense right now. It's difficult to get work done up here. Uh, but keep a weathered eye on the horizon as more of that sweet, sweet content will be coming your way. But enough of this. As always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can find us Facebook.com slash What's With You Scooby-Doo What's With You Scooby-Doo at gmail.com if you happen to email Twitter and Instagram at WWY Scooby-Doo And if you like the dorky songs that I write, you can find those at www.yst.bandcamp.com Thank you so much as always for listening. That is all. And once again... To the podcast, let's do this. This is the thing that makes me happy. This is the thing that makes me healthy. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I, so I kind of split the time between the two. Interesting. Uh, as far as uh, you know, pursuits outside of work and family. Huh. Right on. Yeah. What's with you, Scooby-Doo, today <laughs> on the podcast, Through the Miracle of the Internet, I have Randy Wagging His Tail Williams? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we got like an 80s sitcom intro. <laughs> I'm assuming when you said that, you also thumbsed up. I did. Double, in fact, double thumbs up and a little hit hip to the camera. <laughs> I, I I have been introduced as every father on every Nickelodeon sitcom ever, uh, and not inaccurate. Let me let me get, throw the therapist question at you. How does that make you feel? Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. I, I, I absolutely just uh, you, you you live you live your gimmick, right? <laughs> uh, you know, if if that's what the world sees you as, sure, why not? Throw myself wholeheartedly into that. Commit to the uh, bit. Ex exactly. Commit to the bit. <laughs> I but love yeah, it. I love it. Uh, excellent. Well, typically we start off with a little history lesson, a little getting to know you. How, and I kn spoiler alert, I do know a little bit of the answer. How did you come to our Lord and Savior Scooby-Doo? Uh, well, I was uh, a, you know, a, a kid watching the, watching the cartoons. Uh, by the time I was aware of Scooby-Doo, they were on real network TV, ABC at the time, mm. as part of their Saturday morning lineup. 
Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I was introduced to Scooby-Doo through that and through the Scooby-Doo movies uh, in syndication on TV 38 <laughs> back in the day. So, you know, getting to see the ones with uh, the Three Stooges and the Globetrotters and stuff like that, that was, you know, the, uh, contemporaries of mine uh, as far as trying – and then trying to explain to other kids – no, 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 it's not just the one that's on Saturday morning. There's this other thing, and it's totally crazy. <laughs> and, and like, Gilligan's Island is on it. It's just, what? What are you talking about? And, and yeah, it was it was a, a weird time because there was no DVR. You just – and barely any you know, TV listings that you could refer to. Uh, you had to tell, tell the kid, no, really, you got to be there. You know, it's, it's Thursdays at 3.30. Got to be there. TV 38. It's amazing. And uh, they, I, I wasn't wrong. Uh, right. But yeah, I was a huge, huge fan of, of uh, Scooby-Doo the cartoon. And then years later, many, many years later, uh, I was introduced uh, to the Internet circa 1993, which is not a time that most people got on the Internet. Yeah, that's pretty uh, early. Yeah, I, I just happened to luck into it uh, going to a college that had an Internet connection and – uh, a lot of uh, Ithaca College, so it's like right next door to, to Cornell, so it's like it's not a younger brother. Uh, and so Cornell had all the technology, and Ithaca had a tiny bit of the technology, <gasps> but enough to you know, get around and learn stuff. And I got online uh, through one of the guys on Computer Lab with this text-based chat online game. Classic. Uh, like a sword and sorcery thing, and you're, you know, you're northeast, southwest to go places, you know, cast spell, slay dragon, stuff like that, and you have to have a name. So you got it, and, and the name I just came up with on the spot was Scooby. Uh, I have no idea why it, I hadn't thought of Scooby in many years. It just, it just kind of happened. <laughs> so for the first ooh, three or four years of my life of that group, because I met a ton of people through that, uh, you know, people that eventually got me my first job in the industry, people that uh, from all over the country, some, some from all over the world, because it, it, the Internet, it's a thing. Right. Uh, and, and nobody did this in 93, 94. It was completely, you know, freakish, unheard of. What? You met somebody from another state this way? Yeah. Yeah, I totally did. <laughs> and we're, we're all meeting up at their house and having a party. Like, this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> and it was crazy if you, if you think about it. Yes. But, <laughs> But and and we called each other by our our online names. Cause we'd talk, you know, I'd talk to to you know to Garion and to Mutara and to Bronwyn and and all these different people by by their online names uh, for forever. Uh, and then you meet them in person, and okay, yeah, you're still Garion, you're still Bronwyn, and, I, and so I'm putting on. a face to Muntar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm Scooby. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have a, a tail. I don't talk like this. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I that's me. That's who I am. And So, so this for, was completely chat-based, right? So yeah, this yeah. is basically like playing Dungeons & Dragons. It wasn't like one of those text-based games where it was like, you come upon a door and you type in, open the door, right? No, no, it was literally that. It was open door, you know, no, uh, enter chasm, cast spell, <laughs> you know, where you're typing. And and that was uh, a thing that I learned is he who types fastest is sexy online. <laughs> I, I did not realize that until I'm sitting here typing out full sentences in, you know, a couple of seconds, typing term papers and stuff. And then, you know, the, the dumb guys would do the, the lol or the what, things like that. It's like, look at that. And and women were attracted to the guy that could say a full sentence, in, you know, in that same time frame. That's interesting. Uh, which, was, 
it was weird. Yeah. And one one of those women uh, I chatted with, the aforementioned Bronwyn, and we, we met in person in 1997, and she moved in with me three weeks later. <laughs> and Yeah, which was also crazy. Uh, and uh, proposed three years later. We got married in 2001. We have been married for 17 years. So <laughs> I was hoping that that wouldn't end with, and we broke up two years later. Right, right. <laughs> No, no, no! I don't. I wouldn't tell the story if it if it happened. <laughs> no, this full-on happy ending. Wait, Romance is a lie. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it, so whenever people talk about, oh, we met on Tinder or or uh, or, or eHarmony or stuff like that, I'm like, let me tell you something. Yeah. So yeah, that's you, so you, interesting. You, yeah, you met in a thing where it said dating. I met in a thing where it said dragons. <laughs> I so, uh, yeah. when when I was coming of age, uh, it was the beginning of. AOL Instant Messenger, or AIM, as the kids were calling it. I'm familiar. Yeah, and so uh, I, you know, I dabbled in ICQ, but that was my main, uh, my main squeeze. And uh-huh. you know, it was the same thing. We're typing. You just had to, if you were going to carry on a conversation, you just started getting faster and faster at typing, and that's how exactly. I learned how to type. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, full on and, and i'm a terrible actual typist like if you saw my skill it's it's all hunt and peck but it's like 80 words a minute hunt and peck and that <laughs> that means something to somebody <laughs> you, yeah it's uh it, your technique wouldn't pass the uh, mustard in any sort of classroom setting but you can beat no, exactly. anyone at their own game right no so well some uh, you know like a 50s uh, you know, typing teacher would have looked down her glasses and said, no, young man, no, we can't have that. Smacked on the wrist oh, with a ruler. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, no, this, this totally works, man. And it's uh, it's part of my gig today. I'm, uh, I'm a tech support guy, so all I do is type in text-based environments and get around and uh, figure stuff out quickly for my customers. So Please it's, hold. Uh, it's pretty- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right on. Well, today we are going to be talking about a super classic episode. Actually, I'm surprised that this one has that this one has not come up previously. And it's, thank you for saving it. This is a great episode. It really is. It's funny because <laughs> when I was remembering it, I was remembering it kind of as a mess. I had like sort of flash memories and I was like, oh, there are multiple monsters and all this yep. kind of stuff that I was like remembering but wasn't putting together correctly. And I was like, I kind of remember it as sort of not being as classic as some of the ones where it like hits all the buttons. But watching it today, it hit every single button I wanted it to hit. Yeah, they, they did all right. It's it's every classic trope plus a few, you know, throwing in. <laughs> Uh, you know the, the the monsters whose names we're never going to actually say. They they never say Frankenstein. They say they say Frank or Frankie or stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, like, was there a copyright thing where you couldn't say Frankenstein in in 1969? Did somebody own that? I don't Frankenstein, know. Frankenstein. It couldn't have been possible because Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is public domain. But right. m- maybe. Maybe Universal, yeah, maybe Universal somehow owned it. Yeah, could be. Because all be. of those things, I mean, like Frankenstein, Dracula, those at least were books. And then right. you know, the Wolfman, you just say werewolf, and that's right. easy. Yeah, he's a cake. But we are and, talking and, about uh, a gaggle of galloping ghosts. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry, I my chair just went weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, the microphone's way farther. What the? 
nope, nope, just just uh, my chair falling apart. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, uh, much like the institution that it came out of, uh, Staples, it is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, man, I remember as a kid uh, just looking at all the, like, Lucas Arts and Creative Arts, I think, might have been in the company, like mm-hmm. video games and Math Blaster and all that stuff, and like begging my parents to buy it anytime we would go to Staples. Oh yeah, Staples, the, the land of reams of paper, <laughs> just just floor to ceiling, enormous. But who needs this much paper? Apparently, no one. That that is the end, which is why they are dying. Oh, <laughs> uh, rest in peace. But yeah, a yep. gallop of gag- uh, gallop of gaggling ghosts. I'm nope. gonna say it ten times fast later. <laughs> uh, it starts off with uh, super classic. The gang is in some mode of conveyance on their way somewhere. Mm-hmm. They yeah, ex- they explain that they're going to this castle that's from Transylvania and uh, a. Trope that will show up in later episodes as well. I love this phrase so much, and it shows up multiple times in Scooby Dum. It was transported stone by stone from Transylvania. Yeah, that must have been a thing when they were talking because there that happened with a few castles and like the the bridge, the 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 other London bridge that's in Arizona. That <laughs> maybe that was like a news thing back then, and so they they pushed it. To, oh yeah, everybody, this is a real thing. That's how you know it's modern times in 1969, you hippies. <laughs> also, we we had no ability to just make it. We had to disassemble another one. We couldn't just right. make a, a castle. <laughs> yep. Castles are complicated. Mm, mm, yeah, reverse engineering them, even more complicated. We'll just rebuild the same one. Right. One thing I, I immediately noticed during this episode, the shocks on the Mr. Machine are really bad. <laughs> uh, wh- whenever they're driving along, there's like a constant bounce. of like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, and, and yeah, so maybe it's just the roads in Transylvania or the combination of the shocks and the van. Uh, but yeah, they're all over the place whenever they're driving. It's amazing. Yeah, it is kind of amazing that they don't kind of look <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so they they explain this this whole episode did one of my favorite things in any media uh, thing where everything exposition is just so heavy handed. It was per, yeah. it was like it was like we're going to this castle that was transported stone by stone and we've been invited to visit it. Great. Oh look, there's a fortune teller up here. We should stop and get our fortune read. Fortunes aren't does. real. <laughs> I I I want to I want to see how long it would take my friends to notice if I just started narrating the the way that they narrate their lives. Uh, at one point later on, just to skip ahead only slightly, there was a thing of just like uh well, it said that it was the t- uh, in the tomb. The tomb, well, we'll have to go check out the crypt, which is down there. But first, before we do that, we're going to have to find our friends. What's a crypt? That, that act- that, that, that's the one for the kids who, who, you know, who were a little slow in school and didn't know what a crypt was. Absolutely. Crypt Keeper was, what, in. 10 years out? Oh, that's many years later. And, and that's, that's the HBO special. You know, th- those are the kids who are really cool. His parents you know, let him have HBO and let him watch it like after 8.30. Oh, my God. Those kids are the coolest. And then their kids would go on and watch Mr. Show for the first time. Exactly. Excellent. So they do stop off at this fortune teller. 
which I mean, you know, run of the mill crystal ball, uh, yep. a nice shawl situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the she's got the cap. She's got the one gypsy earring. Yep, gotta have the earring. I mean, that's what gives you the fortune telling ability, right? Right. It was taken out of the ear of her mentor and passed on to her. <laughs> <laughs> it's that ritual of here, take my earring. Thank you. I see your future is being in the back of this random van where mystery machines will appear and show up and at random and ask you for fortunes. And that's pretty much all you'll do. Have you ever heard, uh, I think, I don't know if this has come up previously, but uh, I was watching some interview with Orson Welles. <laughs> and he's talking about back in the days when he was doing theater he would so you obviously go from town to town on tour and right. you have you know a pickup rehearsal set up whatever but you have a lot of downtime in a strange area right right so he would set up a psychic booth during his days and that he would do psychic readings and he would what? you know yeah he brought his own scarves he would set up the scarves on the walls and, you know, it was it was a way of developing his cold reading skills. So somebody wow. right. So somebody walks in and you do you do the mental math of looking at them and being like, OK, you know, uh, they have a scuff on their shoe and some dirt. So and check it out. There's an ink stain on both of their shoes. So they probably work at a printing facility. Uh, so how long have you been working on printing? You know, how did you know you must be psychic, <laughs> you know? And he said that uh, you so you become really quick at those skills. You you become really quick at noticing things about people and being able to make, if not educated guesses, at least really close estimations about something about their character. And the people who would start to not notice that they were doing it, they would start to believe that they were really psychic. Nice. And those people would get shunned by the psychic community <laughs> because the psychic community is like, yeah, it's totally bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those people are called shut eyes. Oh, wow. I was unfamiliar with this this area of Orson Welles's later, I guess, early career then. Right. Yeah. Uh, before Cradle Will Rock and such. Right. Right. Well, that that all the filmmaking and then all of the drinking. <laughs> that, that's that's my most recent Orson Welles is, is uh, listening to the outtakes of his commercials for some winery where he is totally totally hammered, but he's still supposed to do the commercial. You, YouTube it. it. It is amazing listening to him just just slur and slush. Oh, it's 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 real sad. My favorite uh, then, is still when the uh, the you hear the director go action. Action Orson, and Orson <laughs> Welles just goes, yeah, the French. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so gross. What, what he was reduced to, and yet still one of our finest. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous that he was able to uh, leave us with such a legacy and then not fade away. Just kind of like be like, well, this is what happens when uh, you become popular and then you don't really have anything else to do. Right. Now, Citizen Kane still shows up at the Film 101 every year. Probably will for another 50 years. I'm going to be going to another Friars Club roast. <laughs> that insufferable Dean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> 
He'll good. live on in Pinky and the Brain, too, of course. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, the brilliant Maurice LaMarche. Indeed. Just love it. Uh, but the fug- the fortune teller tells them to uh, stay away from the old castle. Uh, and that that was it. I mean, it's, it's a funny cold open because <laughs> it's just kind of a lot of... The thing that this episode did, which is very symptomatic of a lot of shows of this time and i like the sort of anthropological aspect of it is it really was just and then writing like so then they go to the fortune teller great fortune teller tells them not to go great and then they go great and then the you know uh dracula tells them not to enter the castle great and then they enter the castle great like there's never a moment I mean, like, at one point, Daphne says, like, maybe we should listen to her. Nah. Oh, end of discussion. Great. (laughs) Right. Straight on to the plot. We got monsters to meet. In fact, a gaggle of them. Yeah, we we need to get to the gags faster. How do we get to it faster, you know? (laughs) Uh, We need uh, Shaggy to uh, call them uh, werewolf cats. They say these (laughs) werewolf cats. (laughs) Once again, 1969, and he never really updated his lingo. It took a it took a long time for that to to dissipate. Uh, I guess in some of the reboots, he was he was you know shaggy forever. <laughs> Do you have any of those? I mean, especially being a part of you know nerd culture, geek culture, things like that. Do you have any vocal or like lexic lexicographic ticks that you notice sometimes? Oh yeah, no. I've I've got a bunch from from David Letterman. Uh, I th- that was kind of my my guy. You know, every, everybody talked about. Oh, Carson's my guy. Conan's my guy. No, mm. Letterman in the eighties, uh, uh, and all these different different random phrases that he would repeat on a nightly basis that had no meaning other than you know an offline that would kind of get the audience to chuckle. Uh, and, and for years, talking about uh, the nineteen eighty eight Olympic triple cast. Uh, which is NBC's attempt at pay-per-viewing the, all the Olympics. He uh, he was he hated them. He hated NBC. He hated everything about them. And so for the for the better part of a month, all you know, they'd talk about the Olympics. You had to talk about the Olympics. And so he would say, "Es muy muy olimpioso." <laughs> and so I, I say that a lot whenever the Olympics come up. I always say, "Es muy muy olimpioso." And the, okay, what what are you talking about? And, <laughs> I'm the only one that gets it. <laughs> I mean, fairly obscure, but I like it's also emphatic. So I mean, it makes you you have to say it with authority when you say it. So everybody's oh, just yeah. gonna be like, okay. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> boy, Olimpioso. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, the one that always gets me is uh, I don't know why I say it, but as kind of like a sign off, uh, kill a bees. Oh, what's that from? I don't know. It just <laughs> it popped in my head one day. I wrote it, and I kept writing it, and I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> You're going to find some like obscure action movie where somebody threw that in. It was like like something on Cinemax in you know, the <laughs> early 90s that you know had some softcore pornography associated with it. And, Naturally. Oh, oh, that's why I remember. <laughs> yeah, because she's in the next scene. Oh, amazing. Kill a bee. All right, kill the bees, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So they they go against all survival skills, which is the gang's want. That's their typical yep. uh, modus operandi, and they uh, decide to go to the castle. 
Shaggy was particularly amazing in this as far as it, he, he did some incredible stunt work, really impressive work you know, on the line there, zipping down and zipping back, which is not typical for him. He's not usually that much of a, an amazing trapeze artist, but he pulled it off here. It, yeah, it is so interesting to me that there there is like a there's an idea around these characters in the original series like there's but there really almost is nothing more firm than their looks like even Scooby and Shaggy being a coward which is a like as far as people are considered in the concept of the show is the foundation of yeah. the show is they're them being scared, scared. This yeah. episode, they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sh- Sh- Scooby goes back and forth. He's got a couple of fear moments, but uh, you know, he goes after uh, Dracula, and you know, he's he's pulling on the on the rope at that one point. Arr, arr. I was like, look at that! He ties then, him up, and then somehow they pull Dracula down, and he falls with his legs bound yeah. back first into I'm assuming a a stone cellar. How does he, how is he not paralyzed? I don't care how amazing his costume is. Dracula's like dead at that point, right? He, they he has yeah. to have died. <laughs> they could have murdered him several times, yeah. <laughs> that, that one in particular got me. Oh my God, that's a dead cartoon. <laughs> the, yeah, they, they go down and like, I he hasn't chased us for a while. I wonder where he is. They go back in and it's just, he's, he's got like a stone through the center of his chest and they're like, uh. Oh God. <laughs> Right, 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 him. We accidentally killed Big Bob Oakley. <laughs> I, uh, Big Bob, yeah. Big Bob, make an appearance in this episode. <laughs> Very, the actor, alias the actor. Yeah. Oh, one He's of those so good at aliases. <laughs> He's so good at aliases. Yep. It it is a good point though. He he quick changed into the various characters, the various monsters as need be. Never, never any problem. There was no back and forth of, oh, was he Frankenstein here but wearing Dracula's pants or something? <laughs> no, no, he nailed it every time. I do. got to give it up. That man mastered his craft. Right? I literally have a note that says, this is one dude doing ras- rapid costume changes? He's really good. Yeah, he I mean. And height changes. I mean, you know, <laughs> like uh, Frankenstein is huge and the Wolfman is shorter. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta do the crouch, you gotta you know hunch back down and, and get the shoulders going on, so so you're full on Wolfman at that point. Right, it's like uh, Sean Connery trying to be Japanese in You Only Live Twice, where he kind of like slouches a little bit. <laughs> I'm not yeah, six but, feet but, tall, but slightly less racist, like a little bit. <laughs> monsters are m- people too. No, they're monsters. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're wolfist at, at that point. Speciesist. Species, oh, big time species. <laughs> uh, 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 what werewolf lives matter? Is that what we're hashtag? Werewolf? <laughs> I think that yeah, hashtag yeah. Ha- hashtag nope. vampire lives matter. Right, we're outlawing silver bullets. <laughs> I always love uh, any time that they try and use that in like vampire movies or something like i feel like there was a ethan hawk movie or something where it's like vampires are like hunted by people and they're like but vampires have feelings too and it's like yeah why there's a whole culture uh it 
uh, Near Dark, Near Dark was a pretty amazing, you know, vampire on the run movie. Catherine Bigelow opus. (laughs) And again, an HBO staple going back to my era uh, of the 80s where that played all the time. That's a great ass movie. That's a really, really great pulpy, you know, freaky movie. Also, uh, yeah, great classic rock song. Vampire on the run. (laughs) 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 Call me Weird Al. Uh, Yep. Uh, that's Catherine Bigelow? That is Catherine. I think it might be her first movie. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Uh, Academy Award winner, Catherine Bigelow. Classic war films of Big the uh, uh, Afghanistan era. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, she, she's amazing. And that is a great movie. Got, got to go back and watch that if you hadn't. I'm sure it's on. it's got to be on one streaming service or another. Or just sitting on YouTube. As, yeah. As often happens. By this point. Um, yep. I mean, sure, Maximum Overdrive has to be completely on YouTube, right? Yep, absolutely. That's one of those ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Slightly less classic. I, I'm going to go there. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the way that they, like, humanize, like, that instinct of, of like, uh, oh, the monsters are people, too, that, you know, that kind of, it seems to come out of, you know, the 80s and 90s, or, I mean, you know, even, like, Frankenstein, to a certain extent, was kind of like, oh, he has feelings as well. Right. But that instinct almost doesn't happen in this cartoon not even for the monsters but for the gang themselves i mean like there's no like daphne's kidnapped and that only serves as like all right we have to go get daphne like there's never a like oh my gosh what do we do (laughs) you know even her she's like i'm down here get me out of here okay let's get her out of there Yeah, it's a lot of a, a lot of just mistreatment of of the monsters, it, it, you know, a lot of insults, a lot of a lot of you know, you, you, you know, calling them ghosts. Are they ever actually ghosts? <laughs> None of them are really ghosts. They're corporeal. They they don't pass through walls. They you know they they don't just randomly appear. Uh, they have to come out of uh, the insides of random computers. Uh, which right. the Wolfman does it. That was that was amazing. I guess mad scientists had. You know, ENIAC or whatever that that uh, that computer was in the lab. Running on uh, magnetic tape. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, I miss that era of technology. As did I. That I I, I I worked with people that you know when I was starting, they were finishing, and and they were all super crazy wealthy because they all knew the languages that the mainframes were run on, and so they could work for you know three months a year, make <laughs> a couple mil. And then just you know go back on on a cruise for the rest of the the, the rest of the year. It was it was nuts. I spent uh, twenty six years punching holes in cards so that a computer could do two plus two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I yeah, we're we're gonna get to that lab in general. That thing was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, first, Shaggy and Scooby run into the Wolfman and. This is like the first uh, after they you know they, they go through this whole br- drawbridge thing. Dracula says like don't come in, but because the drawbridge is going up, Daphne gets caught and they swing over. They explore and then this first time of them being brave, Shaggy like has Scooby lure the Wolfman into a trap right mm-hmm. off the bat. Pretty clever. Very clever. Uh, it, it, I forget. Is that before or after the kitchen scene with the uh, with the fried moonbeams? Eh. 
What are fried moonbeams? The, the rest of them are pretty straightforward, but I do not know what a fried moonbeam is. Also, I'm pretty sure you can get it at the Cumberland Fair. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's one of those things that you get at like the old school like penny candy store that's slightly more expensive. <laughs> You know, you get it along with, like, uh, uh, mad scientist test tubes, you yeah, know. Yellowed cellophane because it's been sitting there for you know, 37 years for no reason. <laughs> Nobody wants to buy it, but everybody remarks about it. Yeah. Oh, fried moonbeams. I wonder. No, I don't. So, uh, My note for that is this guy's doing his own prop design just yeah. in case someone looks in the fridge. <laughs> That's a very good point. I hadn't thought of that. You know, usually uh, on stage, uh, you, you won't do all that much of a, in the way of set decoration. But no, he goes all out. Well, and his well whole done. purpose is to make sure that nobody comes in this place so he can look for this treasure. He's mm -hmm. bad at this job. <laughs> He's really bad at it. Yeah. Don't you know, come in here. Don't open the door. Right. right. Keep the drawbridge down, and we're all set. Yeah, you know, they're Joe never coming in. in. <laughs> he finds the treasure. He gets, he gets out, and then, you know, the caretaker comes back, and he's like, the caretaker didn't even know there was treasure there. Yeah. Scare the caretaker away. Take two hours. Get out. <laughs> One of the rare times where the caretaker is not the villain. Right. Uh, it's often that the caretaker is the one, you know, behind the, the whatever the, the monster is in the particular episode. Yeah. Uh, the only other person you meet. Well, it couldn't be him. We never met him. Right. <laughs> we, we met the gypsy. Come to find out that was also a costume. Amazing. The actor. <laughs> A.K.A. Big Bob Oakley. How many nicknames can this guy get? <laughs> How many incredibly generic nicknames? Big Bob. A.K.A. the actor. A.K.A. Uh, uh, Stumbly Pete. <laughs> A.K.A. White Person. I, 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 like that's a, We're going super generic, so we, we have to do this. A.K.A. that guy. Right. Oh, and he that's that was his problem. He was a that guy. He could never get the necessary acclaim to move up the ranks in theater or television work, and so he had to go to a life of stealing jewels in random you know, rebuilt castles. I do like that idea of that as a credit, though. Big, Big Bob <laughs> Oakley as the actor. Did you ever pick up on that stuff when you were a kid, though? Oh, as far as the you know the the, the flimsiness of the storyline, absolutely not. Yeah, totally not. It it's you know back then it was zombied out. You know you just you just watched what was on because again there were only three channels. Right. It was Saturday morning, and you you made a choice as to which of the networks you aligned with, and you watched all of their Saturday morning program. Uh, and uh, yeah, starting, starting in my case at five thirty in the morning, where oh. the local, oh yeah, well you had local, uh, local uh, Captain Bob who did, uh, he was like, it was hosted, version. yeah, yeah. Well, he did, he did painting, uh, like small nature paintings, uh, like uh, now I'm blanking on his name, the guy with the giant fro, Bob Ross. Thank you. He he was like Bob Ross, but super super local, and just did you know little art. Uh, art sketches at 5.30 in the morning and I was obsessed so I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning and watch this. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then it was all Hanna-Barbera uh, syndicated stuff until 8 o'clock and then 8 o'clock rolls into you know, the, the ABC morning cartoons. <laughs> and they had, a, they had a lot of really good ones. That's amazing. 
I remember uh, when I was growing up in uh, York, Maine, we got Fox 25 out of Boston. Yep. And Saturday morning, it was like it. The interstitials were host segments with like a cool guy and like a t-shirt, like a skate punk yep. sort of d- looking dude, and a yeah. giant. Poochie. He was Poochie from, yeah, from a, the Simpsons, right? Just, and a just giant a human form, right? And a giant like Crash Bandicoot style fox. <laughs> And they would, and it would be like next up, Power Rangers, you know. Yeah, that I I am aware of that era, but essentially missed it. Like I, when the when they did the Power Rangers reboot, I said, oh, "Really, we're gonna do that? <laughs> All right, let's gritty it up, yo. Let's <gasps> uh, why not?" Yeah, it didn't. I mean, it didn't seem necessary, but it always seemed fun. <laughs> yep, I I do remember that era as when they brought back, uh, or I guess ran uh, the X-Men stories, uh, a lot of good X-Men cartoons in that time frame. And it's, okay, cool. This is this is some of the comic book stuff that I've read before and seen before. And now they'll make movies out of it 10 years from now. Uh, <laughs> With, give Hugh Jackman a career. Right. The most ridiculous person to cast as Wolverine ever. To cast as the short, gruff, manly Canadian, we're going to cast the ginormous tall musical theater Australian flamboyant Australian he pulled it off you gotta give it it. (laughs) gotta give it up to him oh my gosh it's amazing that was a great call Uh, whoever whoever made that unconventional casting call nailed it and won (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely and Uh, then of course swordfish right naturally Uh, isn't that uh, Halle Berry right that's Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. We all, we, she was paid at the time. She was paid the most money ever of any actress in any anything ever made just so she'd take her top off, which is a really unusual thing that, that uh, you know, come to think of it nowadays. That that's that's how that's how we did it. We, we just paid the most attractive actresses the most money possible for them to be naked. And we were all OK with that. That's just it's, it's fine. And Go ahead. Be naked. And now the highest paid actor is uh just paid for his charisma, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. I smell what he's. I've smelled what he's been cooking for many years now. A huge fan, huge rock fan. If you had two doors, and you had a group of people, and you said, through one of these doors is a group of adorable kittens that will allow you to snuggle them, and through the other door is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, I think a majority of people would go through the door with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Absolutely. He he's he's magnanimous. He's magnificent. He's both, you know, super strong and super super hilarious. He sings. <laughs> you know, he, he's he's every threat but director right now, which is if you look at his movies, they're pretty awful. He's made a <laughs> lot of unbelievably shitty movies. The Scorpion but- King. <laughs> Starting with the Scorpion King and and just a, a, an amazing range of really bad movies, but he, every once in a while he'll throw in something decent. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, he's still he's still good. We still like him. Uh, yeah, I, what's he been to, ten years, twelve years now of of maybe longer, of uh, of just insane career from that guy. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, I mean he he's the classic example of. I mean, you wanna like if. If one were to propagate the 
pull yourself up by your bootstraps, American dream style narrative. He embodies it like a Absolutely. giant, uh, uh, what is he, Samoan, uh, Polynesian man. Yep. Gets, you know, coming from a underprivileged background, gets into wrestling, translates that into acting, is not that great an actor, but then turns that into an opportunity to learn how to act and get into right. the business. And now it's just all Instagrams of him in the back of private planes having meetings mm -hmm. and working yep. out. <laughs> And the, the dude eats so much cod. <laughs> That's all he does is eat cod, you know, 24 7. Uh, you, you, ever, you ever read, uh, uh, what's his name? Magnus Magnus, the, the guy that, that's, uh, the, you know, the, the biggest man in the world, uh, the, the guy that plays the, uh, 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 sorry, the, the giant knight on Game of Thrones. I'm, oh, I'm blanking okay. his name now. Yeah, the uh, mountain or whatever? Yes, the mountain. Thank you. Uh, he has to eat. I believe it's 15 times a day, including multiple times over the course of the night, waking up to eat another 1,000-calorie, 90% protein meal oh my and gosh. then go back to sleep in order to feed his muscles. It's sick what these guys have to do. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they also do lots of steroids, well, and they don't talk about that part. But you know, <laughs> steroids don't help you unless you give yourself something to turn into muscle, so they have to eat – you know, constantly eating cod and chicken breast and peanuts, you know, unsalted peanuts. Because, uh, you know, if there's any salt on there, that's a little water weight, and suddenly you're not as muscular. <laughs> and it's how they do it. It's it's insane. I, I strongly recommend finding his uh, his his diet routine. It's It's, you know, forget the exercise part, just the diet. It's insane. If you had to... If, if you could think of something that you could dedicate your life to like that, that wasn't getting buff, what would it be? Can you, can you like create an analogy and be like, uh, oh, I'd, I'd become, you know, a re I become really good at calculus or something. I spend all my time doing calculus or is it, you know, like something like that. Can you think of something just off the top of your head? Does something oh, come sure. to Absolutely. Magic. Uh, yeah? Being able to do, I I have fumbly stumbly hands and always have. Yeah, I'm like uh, Lisa Simpson, where where uh, she could. It doesn't matter how many hours of saxophone play she gets in, her fingers are just not right to be one of the great, uh, you know, saxophonists of all time. Uh, so I I have the same problem with with piano playing or magic or anything anything like that, where I I just could never get it. But if I had like you know a quarter of an inch longer fingers. And all the time in the world, I would love to be, you know, sleight of hand magic person. Like cards I, uh, and stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cards and, you know, whatever whatever tiny objects people are making appear and disappear. And, and not like in a dad, there's a nickel behind your ear, but like... No, like the, the cool the, stuff. Oh, the the incredible work where, where you're just completely fooled by a card trick, flummoxed. I, I, I love that stuff. I completely believe in that level of magic. Uh, I very badly want to go to the Magic Castle uh, uh, when I go to L.A. at some point. Huh? Uh, that's, you know, that my, my life's work would be to, to become a magician. But uh, just I don't have the hands for it. Yeah. So, uh, comedy is the next best thing. So that's why I put uh, put a good good deal yeah. of effort into that part. I forced my girlfriend to watch a uh, Ricky Jay documentary. Oh, yeah. That's a great doc. Oh, my gosh. Just watching that guy with, like, his mirrors set up, just going through cards, not looking at them, and then just oh. pulling out cards and being like, you know, ace of hearts, uh, queen of diamonds, like, and just knowing where every card is at any moment in time. It's just like, oh, my gosh. I can't, like, I... 
I don't feel confident enough, like putting on my pants. Like, <laughs> like this guy has like more skill in like this insane thing than I have in anything in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I marvel over magicians uh, when Penn and Teller, Penn and Teller was, were, were my guys as far as the, the perfect mix of comedy and magic. I uh, went to see them a bunch of times back when they, they originally toured. I've never seen them in, La- or in Las Vegas, which I really want to do someday. Someday. Yep, someday when, I, when I'm not shackled to, uh, to, to my day job <laughs> and uh, the occasional New England comedy spot. Sure, sure. So Velma loses her glasses. Yes, of <laughs> course. She, she barely loses her glasses. It goes two inches away from her, and then she runs 100 yards away or crawls 100 yards away. <laughs> thinking that's where my glasses must be she really fails badly on this one and then suddenly she's going through a moving fireplace Mm -hmm. here's my question to you and this uh this came up in the haunted horsemen of hagglethorn hall that's another episode where they've transported a castle brick by brick (laughs) is this is this infrastructure like these trap doors and all that kind of stuff does that come with the transported brick by brick castle? Or it's like, uh, you know, the classic, like, we've added a couple extras when we rebuilt it, you know? Well, remember, he's an actor, so he knows all about stagecraft and every everything that goes along with that. So I'm sure that he's got trap doors and, and pulley systems all over the place because that's what act- actors don't do that at all. I'm just making that up. <laughs> but uh- <laughs> also, like, uh, like, did he add this to this place while the caretaker is gone like i gotta scare people i better start building i better uh, i i I was a subcontractor for four years (laughs) i know how to install a fake wall in uh, the matter of hours in between the caretaker leaving and these kids showing up and not just a fake wall but the ability to lift up an entire brick hearth that stuff is heavy and hot that's that's dangerous there are osha violations going on <laughs> got to be careful. That's oh my gosh, how that is the show that I want to watch is <laughs> Ralph Nader as a Scooby-Doo <laughs> character, like Ralph Nader going around solving mysteries but like it OSHA violations. Shock, it would not shock me if he was if he was on one of the Scooby-Doo movie mysteries. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Perfect timing for him. That that would not shock me at all. I noticed that there are no seat belts in this van. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I fought for seatbelts. <laughs> he did. He did, in fact, kill the Pinto. Way uh, to go, Nader. Wow. And, uh, uh, of course. And, and Al Gore. The, the drunk history on uh, Ralph Nader arguing for seatbelts is maybe one of my, the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Have not seen that, but I do love me some drunk history. Oh, that show is so brilliant. It's yep. It's insane. That it took until, what, like four years ago for that concept to come out? And to do it so so brilliantly as far as, far as the, uh, you know, hitting every mumble and stumble in the lip sync dialogue, it, it's so good. I, yeah, I, I, that was an inspired take. They didn't have to do it that way. They could have just, you know, acted along to it. But that, that was a brilliant move. Well it done. also just goes to prove that there are still ideas out there. Mm-hmm. Like yep. there's when still it, room for new things to happen. Yep. Whenever you're wondering, it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's a new bit. Brilliant. Uh, so then, uh, speaking of new bit, let's go. Let's. Uh, can we skip to this? I bet you 
we can't. Oh, okay. Let's skip to the <laughs> the fact that the guys go into this mad science laboratory. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, right? I am not wrong. There is still a mystery happening here. Yep. Yeah. No, they go in and they just start screwing around with random colored chemicals for seemingly hours. <laughs> they spend hours in this setup laboratory just running bits, just yep. entertaining each other, having a ball. They're going on uh, uh, gurneys. They're mixing yep. up chemicals. Producing explosive chemicals that only explode when you throw them at werewolves. Not a big uh, deal. <laughs> right. Uh, and then and then they explode at the werewolf with such force that he lands back in the computer. Uh, just – Perfectly, it tucks himself right back in. That's what happens. Which also uses one of my favorite sound effects from Hanna-Barbera, like the Hanna-Barbera sound effect collection, where it's like... the Big fan. Big fan of of the tumbly, stumbly feet. Uh, As always, you can buy... I think you can still find that... The collection on CD on Amazon, I think it's going to run you about 400 bucks. Oh my god. For the full Hanna-Barbera sound collection. Wow. You know, worth every penny. <laughs> if if I was if I was putting together an, an animated s- series today, if if that gets you the license to use them too, 400 bucks is nothing. Make right. that happen. It's so iconic. I mean, all For those sure. sound the the bongos when running, the uh that guitar. Yeah, that guitar like <laughs> <laughs> El Cabong. Yep. Gong. (laughs) All all kind. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful sound effects library. Those guys are amazing. But uh, they're just bombing around in this laboratory. Like, they've gotten chased. There's seemingly this guy's going to come, may come back at any moment in time. These guys, they don't know that it's one person. It could be three. Right. But. this is what I love about Sh- Shaggy and Scooby and what I want anybody in the world to take away from just the joy of life. <laughs> like, like we have time. Like, don't don't worry about it. We got yeah. time. This is going to be fun. Let's screw around with our bubbling, exploding chemicals right now. I uh, I recently bought uh, like a like a nicer camera, which in this day and age is not necessary. Right. Like. We all have a camera on our phone. We can all take pictures at any given moment in time. But I decided that I wanted to buy a camera. I wanted to invest in it, right? Do you consider yourself a photographer? Not yet. Okay, you're working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm getting into it as well. Like, I'm right. I'm doing the research. I'm figuring out what the terms are. I found mm. a camera that would allow me to kind of get into, you know, settings and lenses and making those decisions and now I go out into the world, like I have a camera and it's like, I'm going to look at things and I need to evaluate, A, will this be a good picture? B, how do I take that picture? And it makes me take 10 seconds and like enjoy the goddamn world. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Uh, I, I ha- I'm not any type of real photographer, but I had a moment the other day where I, I pulled in a market basket. You know market basket. Right. It's not it's not the best grocery store, but it's not the worst grocery store. It's it's kinda it's right in the middle. Uh, and I pulled into the market basket in my hometown 
and there is a Lamborghini parked in the market basket parking lot. <laughs> and that doesn't happen every day. Sure, that's a juxtaposition. So, it was perfectly situated where I could go and get a shot of the Lamborghini, get its you know, Lamborghini across the back, and get market basket in the background. Oh my gosh! And just the, just the it's it's a fine piece of photography. I was super proud of myself for for just scouting this out. And as I go to take it, the Lamborghini's owner comes derping up to me. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, uh, just uh, taking a picture of your beautiful car here at Market Basket. Okay. Uh, is that okay? Everything go? I'll just stand over here. And he stood out of the way. Let me take a nice picture. Uh, and and yeah, it's it, find it on the Facebook. It's a, it's a it probably the the best uh, photograph I've ever taken. That's amazing. And all just in that moment, you know, with just you know, my my phone. But I I figured it out. It was like this is gonna be a great angle. Get it right here. Get the Lamborghini. Get uh, the the name of the he named his car as you do when you pay three hundred thousand dollars for a car. You name it. Right. Uh, and that's visible, and you can Google that. So, so yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Perfect. Uh, there's a whole story to it, but you don't see a lot of market basket Lamborghinis. No, and I got to, very proud of that. No, Lamborghini owners aren't typically uh, coupon clippers. Nope, nope. <laughs> and he he came out with his bag of snacks. Huh? Uh, he had the plastic bag with multiple multiple uh, chip bags within it uh, that he was then going to take into the Lamborghini, and I believe eat in the Lamborghini. Uh, I think I think salty snacks are going to be consumed in the bounds of that three hundred thousand dollar car, Ugh. to which I say more power to you, my friend. Yeah, congratulations. Get that thing detailed. Well done. <laughs> he he has Cheeto dust <laughs> <laughs> all over the all over the dash. Oh, uh, but I would see the the cool Cheeto cat, uh, d- definitely the Cheeto cheetah, if you will, driving a Lamborghini. Yep. That's the thing. No, he, well, he was he was in the passenger seat, rolling, laid back. Perfect. Uh, but that is like that's such a beautiful moment. And that's what I kind of feel like Scooby and Shaggy were doing in this episode where it was just like, you know what? Death comes to all of us. Let's make sure we have a good time first. Yep. Let's screw around. Why not? Right. That I like that. Now, was that had had we discovered the the clue yet at that point, or is that a little later? I think that's a little later. Was that the yeah, it was before that. If you're talking about when, wait, hold on. When they find the note. Yeah, because that's when they get Daphne. Right. But okay. Yes, they've they've gotten Daphne at that point. I think what happens if my notes, if uh, I I took them shoddily. Uh, so Shaggy has da- Velma's extra glasses, which I thought was the most adorable thing ever. <laughs> It was all subtle, like everything, like subtly built up a mythology of these characters. Yep. Th- they somehow seemed more three dimensional with less character development. Right. It was just these tiny details, like, "Do you have my extra glasses?" You sure do. Oh, he carries her extra glasses. That, that, that's really nice, huh? Interesting. Yeah. You know. Uh, but so then. Then they save Daphne. The dude goes into the they they uh, murder Dracula. Yep. <laughs> and Break then, his back. Right. And then they get lost in the dark hallway. The mm. girls run into Freddy, and that's when Daphne says, "I have uh, this thing that says, uh, uh, in I'm gonna be as rich as King Tut, 1668." Which that clue was the most reverse engineered. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, 
considering we didn't know King Tut until I think the 30s by name, mm. and and 1668. Eh, all right, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, th- that also led to possibly my favorite exchange of the whole thing, which I brought up earlier. But that was, uh, we'll have to go to the crypt. But first, we have to find our friends. It was like every. It's like, please tell me the next ten minutes of this episode. Great. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that kind of it's stuff. Like they didn't have storyboards; they just had to write out the script and then hand that to the animators. Like, oh, okay, so we're gonna have to do this next. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Also, they throw the thing of the the the, the chemical and it blows up. And it, yep, <laughs> this is this is what happens at this guy's head. Okay, like, oh, this man, this is this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was just going to scare these kids out. They're not really okay. Uh, so. Uh, I'm going to try the Wolfman. Uh, they're in the laboratory. All right, I'm going to go to the Wolfman. Oh, Jesus! The thing exploded! Oh, okay. oh <laughs> right man. Right in my face. Oh, okay. Oh, that, was, that was a close call. I couldn't... Uh, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch to the Frankenstein. I'm going to switch to the Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, oh, he's on the... Uh, He's on the rolly thing. This will be easy. I'll just push him out of the castle. Oh, no. That pushed him in. They got away from me. Oh, God. <laughs> Like this just isn't this guy's day. No, and then he's got to go back to Drac and do do magic. He does some some disappearing trick of some sort, which is never explained. No, uh, how how he pulls that off? Again, I'm assuming stagecraft, but uh, yeah, they, it, 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 he's not all that great at it either because he left behind the one golden earring. Well, in all the, his downtime, so when they when they're messing around in the laboratory for two hours he you know one of those hours he pops in as the wolf man's like oh i'm out of here and then he's like all right gotta go back to working on that false bottom of the of the, <laughs> the sarcophagus know. yeah gotta sand that bottom so i don't get any uh, splinters when the trap yep. door opens all right and and nicely engraved 1668 right in the right in the uh, in the door of the coffin well right. done also also what so the clue leads them to that coffin well, i guess it leads them to the crypt but it right. specifically it leads them to that coffin but the coffin has nothing to do with the treasure the treasure no. is on the tapestry that is in the crypt but has nothing to do with the coffin right yeah and and at one point they're just using that tapestry to as a trap a trapestry if you will oh, and, oh yep. take a bow sir thank you Thank you. That's my one dad skill, <laughs> is, is coming up with clever uh, merge words like that. Well done. Trapestry. That Trapistry. was great. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, he uh, they, they try to capture him with it, fail miserably, yeah. and then he runs away with all the jewelry. Right. And that should be it. He should be able to get away. I don't know why he goes back to the being the fortune teller. He should probably leave at that point. Yeah, pack up that fortune-telling thing, hitch it up to the horse, and GTFO. Uh, out you go. No reason not to. You have all the jewels. They're sewn right in. Uh, and then, once again, another brave Scooby moment, <laughs> which we are super not used to right? in, the, in the overall uh, birth of, or, you know, breadth of the series. But, no, he, he grabs on and drags it out. Well done, Scooby. Did he have... I mean, he must have had his costumes or something in that cart, and he's like, I made such an investment in making these costumes and such, like, I have to go back for them. Because, like, ostensibly, he could have just gone in the woods, if he could survive for 
three days, two days, bring some water, some sandwiches, survive for three days. He's in the clear. Make yeah. it to the next town. Sell nope. off some of these jewels moving exactly. along. Get some quick cash. Like there's Maybe no- he's got a fence. Yeah, you know, to you know that that'll will hand him a ruby, and he can get some sandwiches and a and a trip to you know back to the states out of that deal. No, no there's apparently no not. internet. There's no like who's making wanted posters for him. Like <laughs> all he has to do is get two towns over, and he's good. Yep, wanted Wolfman. Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't know he's Big Bob Oakley until the very very end. Oh, my God. That's Big Bob Oakley, a.k.a. the actor. (laughs) Uh, But that was I I liked I liked all the boxes getting ticked. I mean, you know, the fact that they meet the gypsy at the beginning and it's the gypsy at the end of it who is, you know, portraying. I liked all the weird details of, uh, uh, well, how did they make the bat fly? Oh, he did it by, you know, this cord and all in a zip line. You know, it was just great. And Scooby's able to take a big old bite, which which is a long-standing Scooby Scooby meme. I love the giant bite of the giant folded, flip-together sandwiches. Uh, Shaggy Head does have amazing dexterity producing sandwiches from decks of of uh, sandwich makings. Yeah, yeah, uh, with those enviable card shuffling skills. Yep, yep. He's got he's got trapeze skills. He's got some you know sleight of hand stuff going on, and, uh, but only where food is inclined. Uh, uh, he's a ventriloquist. Yeah, that's oh my god! I forgot all about the ventriloquism. That's Which, incredible. This is not the only episode that he does this as well. It, like really? at one point in another episode, I think he calls it. I think he says like, uh, "Time to throw my voice." <laughs> yeah, as you do. All right. He's got skills. Like, people are always up on this, like, oh, Shaggy's a stoner. Shaggy has mad skills all the time. He plays trumpet in an episode. He's a ventriloquist. He's got cards. His costuming skills are amazing. Yep. Well, you were saying about about, uh, Big Bob, you know, bringing his costumes with you. Every amateur actor I know has a closet full of wigs. <laughs> Every single one of them. They have all done, you know, a bunch of different parts. They they played the old man. They played the woman. They played the whatever it is, and they kept the wig, just in case they need it for that production of Our Town that comes through in a couple of years. Oh, yep, yep. I've got the salt and pepper wig. I can pull that guy out. That's all Big Bob was doing. <laughs> He's got his Wolfman. He's got his Frankenstein. He's ready to go for Halloween costuming purposes. You know, he can show up in Salem, Massachusetts and do very well for a month. He would have made bank. I mean, in the late 60s, early 70s, if he could have marketed those skills of, uh, you know, con- uh, light construction work and costuming and uh, magic, he could have made the most popular haunted house in Louisiana. <laughs> I mean, he would have made mad money. Yeah. Absolutely, and and then coasted for the the, the next eleven months. Yes, uh, sell it to Walt Disney. Walt Disney buys it. Great, you're good. You get a couple mil, which at that point would have floated you for the rest of your life. Yep, no problem. But yeah. you, you know what it is? He, he needed that that filthy lucre. He had that. He's got that streak in him. You know, actors are liars after <laughs> all, right? <laughs> you heard it here liars first, folks. Me. Randy Williams, actors are liars. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Uh, well, we do only have one segment on this podcast. We are star-stuffed at the universe's behest. Does this pass the sinking test? 
So famed philosopher of science and scientist himself, Carl Sagan, once said that he wanted an adult version of Scooby-Doo because it endorsed skepticism and the scientific method. Does this episode pass the Sagan test? It does not. Okay. They, they are not really skeptical at any time. They mm. take everything at face value that, yep, there's a Dracula, there's a Frankenstein. They're not scared of them. Right. They don't you know, take into the mythos part, portion of it, but they're never truly skeptical. They just sort of go about their business running around the castle. And one clue, that's and, – and a handwritten note that explains essentially the entire reason for him being there – that's not really mystery solving. <laughs> It'd yeah. be one thing if they found, you know, it's just some some collection of tools that might be used to to look at jewelry, you know, you know, like a a, a diamond loop or you know, a jeweler's loop or something <laughs> like that, and they piece it together and come up with the mystery. There's very little skepticism in this episode. Oh, oh, and they totally believe the the gypsy. Right. They yeah. believe in fortune telling. Right. Although they they believe it, but they ignore it. Right. (laughs) They're like, yep, yep, she told us to go. Well, we're still going to go. Off we go. Yeah, it it is like a loose collection of events that then get grouped together in a folder labeled mystery to be sorted later, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not their strongest piecing the things together. Like, I grew up on Encyclopedia Brown coming up with... With you know, yeah, this little bit of dirt and this bit of string, that means that you were in the library where that string is located. That means you must have been the one that stole the book. And, yeah, and, Hardy and Boys. I, I love that. Yeah, Hardy Boys stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this was very heavy handed. Where it's, here's a note with essentially half the half the plot on it. <laughs> uh, that you barely have to decode. Uh, so not not their most complicated effort. Nope. Nope. All right, hard no. I'm fine with that. Yeah, the uh, uh, but Carl Sagan, uh, big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of the Carl Sagan. The uh, the the man spent most of his life in upstate New York, just outside of Cornell, same uh-huh. place where I went to school. I actually visited his home at one point, uh, where they'd kind of made it a a, a, a semi museum. Uh, I guess the, the the university purchased it at some point. Uh, and, yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to go, hey, Carl Sagan lived here. A very austere uh, scientist life. Uh, yeah, weird fact, though. In his drawers, uh, spoons, he had billions and billions. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. We were all just star stuff. uh excellent well randy this has been an absolute blast nick i I thank you so much for having me i i I first got to see you do one of these live on stage year or so back uh (laughs) and i was smitten at the time uh and then when i i met you again at uh at nightcap the other night i i I am not gonna turn down this opportunity i gotta tell nick my my little scooby story and thank you for inviting me heck yeah goddamn delight oh my gosh this has been so much fun well uh but uh, of course you do stand up you perform tell the people uh what you have in the way of pimpage what you have coming up where they can find you I, uh, I, I'm a, a practicing comedian, but I'm not a professional comedian. My, I got my day job pays the bills and does very well. Uh, if you want to find me, uh, uh, you can go to my, uh, my website, www.netho.net. That is an absolutely true and real website. Uh, N-E-T-H-O-E? 
Uh, no E, N-E-T-H-O. It, back when I got it, it stood for Networks for Home and Office, <laughs> uh, a consultancy firm that I was going to fir- uh, form back in the late uh, late 90s till I realized I don't want to be a consultant. Sure. Uh, but I kept, kept the domain around, used it for stuff, and then yeah, I'll throw up a website. But yeah, I always post my dates on there. Uh, I'm going to be... Uh, in Madison, Maine, at uh, Somerset Abbey, uh, coming up, uh, you know, coming up later this week. But uh, I, I don't know when this drops. When when do you drop this? I think this will actually this will be close. This will drop Wednesday, I think. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, August August the 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 tenth. Uh, uh, doing a doing a show there for Mark Turcott, the the amazing Mark Turcott. Yeah. Uh, uh, previous one, guest one of, of the show. Yeah, one of one of Maine's best. Uh, and yeah, uh, but yeah, all, all kinds of shows coming up, uh, as always, www.netho.net, uh, uh, RW on, on Twitter, A-R-E-D-U-B-Y-A, uh, that's my initials, Randy W, uh, because, because I'm a master of branding. I use completely different things in both, both places. <laughs> I know that feeling and it always bites me in the butt after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. This will uh, be so clever. Damn it. Yep, not a bit, not great for the search engine optimization either. But, uh, uh, but you're talking to the man, okay. of course, who owns Let's Do This D O O dot com. Oh, whoa! How are you not using that? That's amazing. Right, right. I got that. Yep. How nobody At got one, to that before me, I have no idea. I uh, one last one last thing. Yep. I owned back in 1998 and 99. I owned the domain New Shut up. Prior to the year 2000, I owned that domain. I did not pay for it in the end, and it reverted back. I cannot think – how much could I have sold that for in the year 2000? You would have made or, or so much. New Year's party. Yeah, today? Incred- it, yeah. Oh. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I was – again, I was on the cusp and stupid as hell. <laughs> well, uh, and of course, this is a show for regrets and <laughs> retribution. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, yeah, I did fine. Happy Excellent. Uh, cool. Well, thanks again for being on, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Nick. And as always, to you and yours this holiday season, right makes might when you do it out of spite. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> What's With You Scooby-Doo is a member of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Visit StolenDress.com to check out our other Stolen Dress podcasts, blogs, tweets, videos, and books.